I'm Kim Grenolds of Dogman.com with Chris Fetter, Scott Eklund, and Luke Munger. We're Washington defeated Oregon State 42-23 in front of an announced crowd of 66,469. Weather 54 and sunny at kickoff, but on the water it always seems a little bit colder, and it was definitely getting cold at the end of the game. But Washington out with a fast start opening drive with a four-yard run touchdown with uh, two minutes into the uh, first quarter to take a 7-0 lead by Savon Ahmed. But they started off as fast as they They've started out all year, Scott. Yeah, 28-3 by the end of the first quarter. And Miles uh, um, Gaskin has the longest play from scrimmage uh, on the season so far, 64 yards on that run down the sidelines. So, um, you know, I, I think that just kind of put a big exclamation point on, hey, we're not letting you guys come out and do this. Um, you guys are not going to be in this game. And, and they really were never threatened in the game. Yeah, it was just kind of a weird game because Washington was definitely in control. But, you know, uh, Jonathan Smith dialing up an onside kick, uh, dialing up a reverse, uh, blocked punt. Um, there just seemed to be some weird stuff going on uh, coming from Oregon State. Well, fake punt. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, they, they played like they had nothing to lose, and they don't. They're 2-8 and eight or 2-9 and nine now, I guess. Or, no, are they 2-8 and eight now? 2-9. 2-9, yeah. So, I mean, they, they, they play like they got nothing to lose, and – Chris Peterson talked about it after the game. He goes, sometimes, you know, that's, that's not a bad way to go. But uh, obviously that, that's difficult to defend if you're a team that's trying to stick to your rules and stick to everything else. And these guys are literally throwing the kitchen sink at you, um, which they had to do for the most part because they were behind for the whole game. Jordan Miller had an interesting comment. You know, I asked him if Jonathan Smith's offense was any different than what he saw here. And he said, no, because – in practice, we just practiced against our offense, and that was it. So uh, no real surprises. Uh, they've got a good running game, though. They've got definitely got one of the better running backs in the league. Well, Jamar Jefferson, yeah, true freshman. Um, I'm not sure what he ran for. I know you'll go through the stats. but Yeah, so, I mean, he, he definitely had a good game and, and not something that was unexpected for sure. I mean, he was a guy that we knew uh, was, was a handful for all the teams that Oregon State had played so far this year. And, uh, again, you know, like Chris Peterson said, you know, you start to take guys out and things like that, but they're running all their guys in, and they're playing not they're they're playing like their hair's on fire, and those guys are running against the second and third teamers, and so now you have to bring the seniors back in to take care of business on that last drive to kind of shut things down. But uh, there's no doubt that um, Oregon State's got some good players, and now we were talking about Tyjon Lindsey, the Nebraska transfer who's going to be available next year. He's a high-powered, uh, real dynamo uh, in terms of a receiver, a guy that can do some some fly-sweep motion and things like that. So he'll obviously be someone to watch down the road for the Beavers. Yeah, Oregon State, I, I'm not finding it on the stat sheet, but they put the ball on the ground a lot today. Yeah, um, Ulufosio, his first play as a Husky, forces a fumble. His second play as a Husky, he forces a fumble. Um, the second one was not recovered, though. So his first one really did kind of set the, you know, help set the tone for the game because what was Washington up fourteen to three at that point, and then uh, they they kicked the kickoff and Ulafosio forces that fumble. Washington goes right in one play or a couple plays later, and and that basically was what you know gave Washington that the opportunity to be up twenty eight to three at the end of the first quarter. So. Um, you know, they also uh, put the ball on the ground over here, but it was recovered by um, it was recovered by Oregon State. So Washington's still having some problems getting on the ball when they need when they have a chance. But uh, you know, 
They, they were able to get on the ball a couple times. In the first quarter, you were commenting to a guy, um, you know, Washington looked a little bit different, you know, and somebody said, well, how do they look different? I said, they look like they have fresh legs. I thought the offense looked like they had fresh legs specifically in that first quarter. Yeah, it, it is interesting, though, because we were noting, um, Luke and I were on the, on the field or, or on the sideline for the fourth quarter and saw Savon's long run. Last year, Savon goes the distance. What would that have been, probably 90 yards or something? That would have been something ridiculous. But uh, for some reason this year, just a little banged up, just not doesn't quite have that fifth gear to get it to, to where he can just separate from guys. And it was a heck of a run, great run. But usually if he had been in the open field on that play, Kim, he, w- he would have been way gone. Yeah, and he's been battling through a knee all year long. He has not been 100%. And, you know, if you were sitting down over – dinner or burgers or beers with you know Savon you know he'd probably tell you you know that he's been struggling with that knee and he's not 100% so I don't know if we can do beers with Savon yeah, <laughs> he's a college kid it's okay okay <laughs> but um, uh, also just a note before I forget uh, Josiah Irish the um, uh, return specialist and wide receiver from Mount Si High School uh, he got knocked out I mean at, he was blacked out, and it, I thought it was, uh, we were really concerned. He just didn't move. Yeah, he did not move. Luckily, um, he gained consciousness and got up. But um, when he was laying there, I thought it was going to be pretty bad. And you know, when he took that hit on the kickoff return, you know, the teammates were motioning people out right away. But when a kid's on his side like that and he didn't move mm-hmm. for a good minute, minute and a half. You know, so I uh, haven't got any updates on him. I'm sure he's concussed, but uh, uh, hopefully the best for, you know. And the guy who did the concussing was uh, Jackson Sermon. So uh leaves out a big hit. That guy is going to be a big hitter, and he's, uh, he's a really nice addition to this defense because they really need some, you know, with losing Tevis Bartlett and, and Jake Wamba and, and – um, and uh, Ben Burkirvan, and I'm sorry, who's the other one? Matt yeah, Preston. Preston. Yeah, you lose all four of those guys. They have to. They had to have some linebackers. And he and MJ Tafisi played today, and he ends up getting a big hit on uh, special teams. With the bye week, anything surprise you? You know, early on, Scott. Mm, bye week? <laughs> Not really. I mean, I, you know, I expected Washington to come out and get out out to an early lead, and then kind of coast. That's kind of exactly what they did. I, I didn't think they um, really bought, brought the fire in the second, the second quarter, the third quarter, the fourth quarter. I thought they were okay. I didn't think they were anything special. But let's be honest, they really weren't ever pressured in this um, from a scoreboard standpoint. Yeah, kind of an unusual statistics. Um, you know, with Miles Gaskin, 18 carries for 153 yards. 18 yards of loss to wind up with net 135. What was going on with Miles losing yards? Well, he had 101 yards on three carries and then went back to 91 yards. Um, they really were testing them sideways. I mean, I, talking to Bush Hamden after the game, he really wanted to, to, to really mix up the balance of, of wide runs and, and straight-ahead runs and wanted to use all the, 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 the running backs in there and do that. So... I just think that there were some situations where I think the, the running backs thought that they could maybe go wide and go all the way around, and a couple times they were really successful with that, and then a couple other times they really got burned. More so, often than not, it was it was bad when they tried to bounce things out. So yeah, and I, and frankly, I thought I was surprised that they didn't try to just go up the middle a little bit more and, and try to power and counter and do those kinds of things. But I guess they really want to create a repertoire and, a, and an inventory of of runs and things like that that they want Washington State to to see on tape and have to defend. 
Taking a look down at the stat sheet, Washington with 275 yards on the ground, 275 yards rushing. Uh, Washington winds up with 503 total yards with uh, Oregon State with 363 uh, total offensive plays. Washington only 67 with Oregon State having 71. Uh, I thought one of the 40 in the first half. Yeah, I thought that uh, one of the areas that Washington did really well today compared to what they've done, you know, the last few games, third down conversions, five of 12, and they limited Oregon State to two of 14 on third down. But that 214 was kind of overshadowed by fourth down. They gave up three, you know, uh, Oregon State was three of four on fourth down. Yeah, well, again, it's, when you're down 28-3 to at half, I mean, you've got nothing to lose. you got to go for it, and that's that's clearly what they had to try to do. Jamar Jefferson, their running back, their freshman running back that you talked about, had 19 carries for 115 yards. Uh, Jake Luton, uh, 18 of 32 for 190 yards. And taking a look at Washington's stat sheet, uh, Miles Gaskin, 18 for 135. Savon Ek. Savon Ahmed, uh, nine carries for 76, but he had a 59-yard run in there as well. Sean McGrew had eight carries for 43 yards. He rattled off a 30-yard uh, run as well. Uh, receiving, uh, nothing really jumps out. Uh, Bacellia, Gaskin with four receptions. Kate Otten with three receptions uh, and a touchdown. Uh, Jake Browning was 17 of 23. A very, very efficient 17 of 23 for 242. And leading tackler again today... Ben Burkirvan. Has there been a game where Ben Burkirvan has not been the leading tackler this I'm year? I think. I, I think there was one, but I, I don't know. Yeah, remember. for some reason I feel like there was one as well. But. Was it the Auburn game? No? Oh, yeah. Didn't DJ Beavers lead the team in tackles against Auburn? No, maybe it was against North Dakota. I can't remember. It was nice seeing DJ Beavers back, by the way. Yeah. Well, we should talk about the, the guys that... I, I, I uh, didn't notice he played, but um, uh, Ben Burkirvan with 11 tackles. And, yeah, we got some guys back today, just not only uh, saw some freshmen, but uh, big old number 72 got a holding call and some play yeah, <laughs> today. Yeah, he he looked Trey rusty. Evans. He looked rusty, but, you know, that's to be expected because the guy hasn't played in over a year. Well, it was funny just talking to the... Or seeing the people on the boards during the game and go, man, he looks really stiff and slow. I was like, did you expect him to just be doing wind sprints and stuff? I mean, <laughs> I'm not exactly sure what people expected Trey Adams to look like right off the bat. I mean, he hasn't played in a year. So, well, I don't know. Yeah, but he practiced. Yeah. Yeah. Has he? How much has he actually practiced? I don't know. Just Some of the fans just really need to chill out, you know, and just with all the criticism. Nice win, but... Maybe, maybe they'll talk about him. Maybe they don't want him back next year, so yeah. we'll see. Yeah, just remember, nice win, but uh, uh, you mentioned DJ Beavers was back. I, I didn't notice him. Yeah, he didn't play a ton. What did he get? Maybe two or three series at the most, um, and uh, didn't really do anything that I saw. I think he might have had one tackle or been in on a tackle or whatever. Um, there was also Shane Bowman was back. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played quite a bit, I thought, and um, there was one more that I thought was back. Miles Bryant Miles, was back. Yeah, Miles Bryant, but I thought there was one more, but I think Jordan Miller? It. Yeah, Jordan Miller. I thought he was okay. I thought he was solid in mm-hmm. the secondary. Mm-hmm. I I honestly was a little surprised. I mean, Washington is still having some issues. They've got they've got guys in coverage in perfect position to make a play. And Byron Murphy missed a ball early on. Uh, Taylor Rapp missed a ball early on. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting next week. Because they're going to have to be on their those receivers for Washington State next week, mm-hmm. and uh, you got to knock those balls away or get them out, do whatever you can. Because 
Washington State is not the same team that that we've seen in past the past few years. Some of the freshmen saw the field as well. Dominic Hampton had a big, big, big hit, which seemed to upset the Oregon, which seemed to Oregon State yeah. bench wasn't real happy it was about. A little close to the sideline, uh, it was like a 13 yard reception, and uh, it, I mean it looked clean, and yeah, he absolutely laid into his receiver, kind of depleted him right against the Oregon State sideline, and a lot of them were asking for a for a late hit foul call, but it didn't happen. Yeah, the um, other freshman that we saw see the field today, Jackson Sermon, mm-hmm. saw the field. Um, MJ Tafisi. MJ Tafisi. Um, I thought I saw Thule Latu. Latu Ligasanoa. Okay, I thought I saw him in the game as well. He's done. Takitamani played. Yeah, yeah um, you said you thought you saw him in the game. You said you thought you saw him in the game. He was not on the participation chart, so I'm going to go with what UW wrote down at this point until we find out differently. Um, but uh, Tacky Taimani, uh, Ta- uh, Sam Taimani played, and then um, I forget what's his first name. F F O E F O. Yeah, Alafasio. I don't even know who he is. Do you know who he is? Yes, he's originally from Alaska. Played, played at Bishop Gorman in Vegas. Very good outside linebacker. Yeah. What year is he? True freshman. True freshman. Okay. Well, fresh. Showed up here in the fall or in the summer. Didn't even. That's know. Kim Reynolds, publisher of Dogman.com. Yeah. <laughs> Never heard of him. <laughs> wow. Never heard of him. We've even talked. I think we even talked about have him. You, have you taken a gander at the Go Huskies roster at all this year? Yeah, but just, just for giggles. Sometimes those walk-on guys. There's a couple of other guys. I'm going. Huh. Didn't even know he was on the team. I'm sure there's a couple guys that you're wondering. Yeah. No. Yeah. Who's, no. who's this guy number ten? Yeah. I saw number ten out. Who's number, who number seventy-two? Who ran out with the seniors today? That would be Trey Adams. He did not run out with the seniors today, but anyways. Oh no! No credit, credit to Kim Reynolds. One hundred percent correct. Did you get Mike Neal? Did you see him walk off? Well, he literally walked. Did you? Did, yeah. Did you see? Yeah. yeah. Okay. He had his family here too, by the way. Yeah. So, no, no, no. It's yeah. um, you know, there's always going to be a suddenly senior and but. When we say suddenly senior, it's different than the way that Tyrone Willingham did it. It's not just, oh, you're a senior, you're walking now, and the person still has eligibility. Well, see, so you, you've got suddenly senior, like, flashbacks or something. So I'm not, that's not how I'm used I understand it's not, but some people hear that and they think that Chris Peterson's pulling a fast yeah. one on Mike his Mike Neal's been hurt ever mm-hmm. since he's yeah. been here. You know, it's just, I mean, he's hardly played. He always seems to be hurt, and it's no... No fault of his. I mean, you yeah. get hurt, you get hurt. He, nice. should be, he should be on track to, to get his degree, right? Graduate, yep. Yeah, Austin Joyner uh, walked, you know, on senior day as well, you know, and he's medically retired. But, um, you know, overall, good game. You know, they got out early and just kind of coasted. I know fans, I mean, if you want to pick things apart, I'm sure you can find things. But, you know, hey, it's a good win at home, you know, against Oregon State. Oh, they, they, They're picking plenty apart. Oh, yeah. They, they think Washington's defense got shredded. And uh, gave up way too much. And then, of course, the special teams, they're going to rip apart because of the drop kick and the, and the fake punt and uh, all the other stuff. And, and the, the block, block, block punt and, and Tate, everything else. Tate Henry missing a 39-yarder. Haven't we seen that before? Yeah. So, you know, they're going to say now because of all that, Washington's going to lose by 40 at Washington State. Yeah, so did, that's, didn't Oregon State hang 40 on Washington State or like 37 or something? 37. They, they hung over 30 on Ohio State. This is a team that scores 27 and a half a game. I'm just, I'm, just telling, I'm just telling you what I saw on the board. Boards and I, it's, no. I'm not saying it's right or wrong or different. It's it's the vet board. It's 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 people going off because they're never going to be happy about anything. I swear there is a segment of Husky Nation that if they went and won the national championship, 
it, they would criticize that it wasn't by enough. And it wasn't as good as the 91 and national the, championship. That extra point wasn't down the middle. Yeah. It was good, but it wasn't well, down and the middle. Well, yeah. it's just, it, I mean, the, the thing is, is. I, I wonder sometimes, I'm like, why do you guys even watch football? Because it's obviously causing you problems. It's, it's causing you to be angry. Why? why That's our people, way. Some people are wired that way. That's our way of telling some of you, lighten up. Well, no, and the thing is, I got, I got nothing to say on that other than I just I find it sometimes very fascinating that people literally don't look at the whole thing and go, what, they've given up almost 300 yards. Yeah, they're also losing by 26. I mean, that's... Winning, winning this, by 26. No, yeah. well, that, no, I'm saying Oregon State. That's why they were losing by 26, and they'd, they'd had 300 yards mm-hmm. of offense. And so everyone's like all flipped out, and it's, it's style points, and it's everything else. And this is why Chris Peterson uses the stats are for losers all the time, because this is exactly what he's talking about. And now they've got the winningest quarterback in Pac-12 history is leading their team, and there's a lot of people out there that don't think Jake Browning is any good whatsoever. He's like he's like they're winning. He's he's won all the games in spite of himself. The, pro- the problem is it. What we have is we have a very a vocal, very small vocal minority that will yell and yell and yell about it. Whereas anybody else who look, I don't think Jake Browning's that guy who's going to put you on his back and carry you across the finish line. But he's not the reason this team has struggled. He's not the only reason this team has struggled. There's a lot more that goes into it. The offensive line has struggled at times. The running game has struggled at times. The receivers, I think he has one dependable receiver right now that he really trusts, and that's Aaron Fuller. So, you know. Team is 8-3, and and all three losses by a combined 10 points. And and that segment has said, if if J- uh, Jacob Eason was leading this team, they they would probably be undefeated or only one loss. Well, well, or, if, if, or Russell, if, if Russell Wilson was leading this team, they'd be undefeated as well. Well, no. Well. Or if Chris Peterson had gotten out of his own way and actually let – see, this is, the, this is the conundrum. If Jake Browning had actually played against Cal the whole game, they would have won that mm-hmm. game. You know, so you, you, well, you mean I'm next – this is why – No, but this is, <laughs> but this is why Chris Peterson talks post-game like he did tonight about how mm-hmm. – He's always they're always in a situation where they're going to get a lot more praise and a lot more criticism than they actually deserve because it's the most important position, but it's still one on a group of 11 playing offense trying to score points. And it's clear the bye week, like you said, Kim, from the start, it's clear this offense felt really rejuvenated and energized right from the start. And I think, if anything, getting out to that 28 lead at half really kind of like put them in a, all right, we're good, and then just they kind of – you could tell. I mean, the fans. I mean, how many fans were here by the end of the game? Like ten thousand. I mean, it was awful. It was a Mariners game. Yeah, it was. It was bad. <laughs> it was really bad. Well, I'll tell you one thing. That's re- you know, people don't give enough credit for this running game when it's re- when it's really clicking. This running game is doing well because of the tight ends. That, that double tight end set, you know, where they're shifting and boy, I mean, that's that's tough. And Kate Ott, Kate Ott is playing really well. Yeah, he is, and they had three tight ends in at one time. They had. Sample and Otten as regular tight ends, and then they had Hunter Bryant in as a fullback. So, yeah, they were bringing him across the line and using him mm-hmm. to to block backside, and then they would have Gaskin or Ahmed or whoever mm-hmm. cut inside of that. And a couple times, it looked like you could just drive a truck through mm-hmm. it. So. Yeah, um, Apple Cup next week, and that will be for the Pac-12 uh, North. But. Um, 
I haven't even really paid attention today. What's going on in the Pac-12 South? Who's it look like is uh, in the driver's seat in the I, Pac-12 South? I think it's uh, Arizona State and um, Utah, really. That's what it's going to come down to. And I really think uh, since Arizona State got the win over Utah uh, a couple weeks back, um, if they both win their final games, or Utah actually plays BYU, so they're done. They're, they're one game with their one win ahead of Arizona State. If Arizona State wins, they win the Pac-12 South. If Arizona State loses, Utah wins the Pac-12 Arizona South. Arizona State has Oregon tonight, so and yeah. the game's just actually kicking off as we're no, doing this. No, this second half. Oh, this is, is it? A, oh, that's highlights. Oh, this is from last year. This is from last yeah. year, isn't it? Yeah, this yeah. is from last year. They don't kick off till 7.30. Yeah, this is so. from last year, Kip. Yeah. Okay. Okay, just keep going. Okay. <laughs> But that's what happens when the TV is on uh-huh. in the background. So, um, I, uh, final thoughts, Scott Eklund? Uh, I, you know, it was a great way to end the season, uh, the home, the home game season. Um, I was, I, I, beautiful day. You couldn't ask for a better day in mid-November. I mean, it was what low fifties, upper forties. my sunscreen. Um, yeah, I, I got cold up in the press box, and I'm not. I, I usually run hot, right? Usually, yeah. I'm the one that's boiling hot. I was cold up in the up in the press box. Tony uh, Softly from KGR was complaining about how cold it was down on the front row. But uh, and back to the game. Good win sets up the Apple Cup for what what is going to be a showdown for the the Pac-12 North. And for all the complaining, for all of the disgust about different things that have happened throughout this season, this team still has a chance to go on and win the Pac-12 North, win the Pac-12 title, and go to a Rose Bowl. Okay? You really can't ask for more other than them being perfect and going to the college football playoff. That's really the only other thing. Luke Monger, final thoughts? Uh, Yeah, not a ton more to add. I just thought it was uh, awesome to see this senior class go out the way that they did, really to come out the way that they did in their last game in Husky Stadium. Uh, I thought it was obviously vintage Miles Gaskin from the from the outset, and then Jake Browning had one of his classic, very efficient, kind of quiet 17 of 23 for 248 yards and three touchdowns. I think that's a, a great kind of exclamation point on his at least home career at the University of Washington, and uh, I, you'd be hard-pressed to pick apart that performance. Chris Fetters? Yeah, just like to echo what Scott says, I mean, you know, bottom line is if we had told people at the beginning of the season that the Apple Cup would be for the Pac-12 North, they'd still have a chance to be a Pac-12, to to win a Pac-12 championship, get to a Rose Bowl. Would anybody have said no to that? I don't know if I would have found a Husky fan out there that would have said no to that. So, again, I just think that uh, this is job done. I think getting up to the lead that they did, I don't know if it created a weird kind of vibe and and feel about the game but when they're playing a a team like Oregon State where Jonathan Smith's trying to build that culture and he's trying to create that that idea that these guys are never going to quit they're going to throw literally the kitchen sink at you with everything they did in the special teams game and and making sure that the Huskies were on top of it every single play for the entire game that was that was not going to be easy for these guys whether it ended up looking easy or not but I think that by setting the marker the way Washington did with their offense Guys, I, th- I think that really was the, the big key to this game because I think once, that, once it got past halftime, it was pretty much all over but the shouting, and it was never going to look pretty anyways because whether or not Washington just kept throwing guys out there and Oregon State was going to keep throwing flea flickers and doing, throwing, the, throwing those bombs that were getting caught one-handed, 
that was going to happen. But, you know, they just made some great plays, and it didn't look great. It was a bit ugly, but, I, you know, the key was to get the win, and then you move on to the Apple Cup, and it's going to be the, I don't know, is it going to be the best one we've ever seen? I don't think so. Best <laughs> of my life. But um, having the week off, I think, was key. You know, they came out, and then again, they came out in this game. Uh, I didn't see anybody limping off the field. Everybody looked relatively healthy. Uh, Jake Browning got nailed at the end of the game around the neck, so I'm not sure what happened there. But uh, Jay, uh, he, he said was he was fine. So, uh, yeah, By he, the way, Levi Onwuzurike is the only one that I saw get helped off the field, and he wasn't really helped off the field. They just came on, and he ran off with them. So. Yeah, so, I mean, they're going to go into the Apple Cup as healthy as they've ever been. I'm not sure if Kamari Pleasant's going to be suited or not. Um, he wasn't suited today. A couple guys that weren't suited today kind of surprised me. Neither um, Kyler Gordon and um, Julius Irvin, neither one of them were suited, by the way. Um, so that kind of surprised me. Austin Osborne, Marquis Spiker weren't suited either. So, um, But we, we've discussed this. Yeah. Um, I've been told that not to expect any, any of the offensive offense. freshmen to play this year. Kyler Gordon and, and Julius Servin, now they may be dinged up or something, but one of the reasons they don't have those guys dress is so there's no temptation to possibly put them in. Yeah, and you think that might also be why Thule didn't play yeah. if he's had two games under his belt. Yeah. We, didn't see, we didn't see Devin Culp, which was, I don't, I don't know if, what you can see. him on the sidelines is what yeah, you mean, yeah. Exactly, so I don't don't know what to make of that. So, Well, somebody we did see, you know, there's always certain people you see them uh, put a smile on your face. And, you know, uh, I smiled when I saw Chico McClatcher was over on the bench. So uh, Chico was here with uh, Darrell Daniels was here today too, uh, Darrell with the Seahawks. But it was really good to see Chico. So um, hopefully uh, things get sorted out with Chico sometime here shortly. So uh, going into the Apple Cup, it's always a fun trip over there. Not. Um, weather, you know, last I looked, it looked like it was going to be 40 degrees and raining over there, which isn't ideal. So Husky weather. Yeah, yeah. So um, anyways, uh, just a programming note. Husky basketball, there are games um, Sunday against Santa Clara at 5 o'clock. Uh, Tuesday they play uh, Texas A&M, and then I believe that's an 8.30 game. And then Wednesday they play Minnesota, who's actually pretty good, and I believe that's about a 5 o'clock start, and that's up in Vancouver. So I'll be up there covering that. We'll be back on Sports Radio 950 KJR Wednesday night from 7 to 8. Tune in. Scott will run that. I'll be up in Vancouver. So from all of us. And Friday. And uh, Friday. Scott will be in with. Brandon Huffman and Ryland Spencer. We'll do the pre-game, pre-honks show yeah. from. Really, it's the only pre-game you need to listen to, but you might as well just leave the radio on and listen to Softy and Dick and Hugh. Yeah. So, so what, is it? what is it? It's one th- uh, twelve thirty to two. All right. So for all of us at Dogman.com, I'm Kim Grinnells with Chris Fetter, Scott Eklund, Luke Monger, Go Dogs.